Look, I'm just going to read briefly from a few scriptures and then we can see what God has uh, to, to give us on a continual way. This is Acts, the 20th chapter. Acts, the 20th chapter, and verse 24. This is the Holy Spirit, and he is speaking through the Apostle Paul. But none of these things, he said, move me. If you go back through the book of Acts and go back through First and Second uh, Corinthians, you'll see some of the things that this man had gone through. And he could say this, but separated from all of that, none of these things move me. And here's the reason why. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. Isn't that interesting? See, that's why the principle of body life, and, and when I t- say body life, Every one of us, every single one of us are a child of God. It's based upon Galatians 3 and verse 26 and Romans 8, 14 and 15 and Galatians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. We are all the children of God by faith. We will always be his child for all eternity. And again, in 1 John 2, 12 to 14, there are babes, children, technia, young men, transitioning from technia, just getting into weos, full mature adult sons, and then there's spiritual dads, but we're all children. And every single one of us are, without any question about it, we are a child of God. And being so, we are to love one another. The whole body, no matter how they're taught or not, the very fact that they are Christ, that they have chosen is such a huge thing for God when he looks upon them. But if you're going to be taught, if we are truly going to be taught, truly, and if truly our life will not be our own, then you must have a local assembly. You're not just everywhere. And in that local assembly, then then you will have truth not, not only known, but you can actually experience it. Because we're all children of God, and many are scattered, and they're still children of God, scattered everywhere, all over the place, all over the world. And what makes them a child of God, in terms of God's eyes, is they've received his son, and they're a child. There's no question about that. It's never going to change. And that's something he just deeply is just so satisfied with. But this is what the Holy Spirit was teaching. He said this, but none of these things move me. And the reason why is this is something that God had to teach the Apostle Paul continually. Since because, obviously, if we study the scriptures, we will see We will see. I think it's so interesting to be able to receive the epistles. Some refer to them as the Pauline epistles. Those are the epistles of the heavenly Christ given to the Apostle Paul for all of us. (laughs) That's what they are. And I think we can read them and think so highly of him as a teacher, as a pastor and as a teacher. And yet, the Holy Spirit told the Apostle Paul, I want you to record this about yourself. 
because this is going to reveal just how low you were, and you couldn't go lower than anyone. Think about that. The greatest truths that we ever received in this Bible, God chose, because of Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, to bring forth through a man that no one could go lower in terms of sin. The Bible says that. 1 Corinthians 15, 9 Paul said, I am not meet. I'm not qualified to be called an apostle. Why? Because there's no qualifications in him. I'm not qualified to be called an apostle. Why? Because I persecuted the church. But, and here's the but, and this is the but that's being brought out here in Acts 20, verse 24. The but there is in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10. But I am what I am, and is there an I am apart from the great I am in Exodus 3 and verse 14? And of course not. And the only way that God would reveal himself would be through his, his precious son. And so he said, but I am what I am by the grace, Greek article, this, his grace, his grace alone, by his grace. And then he said, I labored more abundantly. Notice how he said, I labored more abundantly because he has obviously in mind John 10, 10, Christ came that he might have life. Now he met that life that Christ made his own, just like he's made his life to be our own in Acts the ninth chapter in those first six verses. He said, I am what I am by the grace of God. And then he said, and yet, and he said, and I labored more abundantly than they all. Then he said, yet not I. Not, yet not I, but Christ. And that is the, that's what he said again in Galatians 2 and verse 20. And if you notice, even in Galatians, the second chapter, how he had to, he didn't always like being in that place where God, because that would be a place that God would always humble him first to even be bold in the love of Christ to humble someone else. That happened to be an apostle Peter. If you look in the beginning of the chapters, he was separating himself from those that weren't Jews but were Christians, Gentiles we call them. (laughs) The Jews referred to anyone outside of themselves, dogs. Then you imagine. Then he became, obviously he received Christ and then he sees sees the value of Christ and whoever has received him, that value being Christ in them and never separating them from that as a child, as we said. But you can see, you can see it. He had to confront Peter because Peter would do something. This is what Peter was doing. And I studied it last week, and we know that divisions and strife, we heard it's a party spirit. Christians, party spirits. Party, party spirits, obviously, and it's always about self and the flesh, but that's what Peter was doing, and that's what the enemy was establishing, a party spirit. Right? And he had to deal with him, and it says he confronted him. And I know you mentioned being confronted. And that's what happens when we're in local assembly. God confronts us. And none of us in the flesh like to be confronted. There's no two ways about it. None of us do. And thank God that he doesn't go, God himself doesn't go by what we like or what we don't 
what we dislike, because like isn't even in the Bible, it's something in the flesh. <laughs> it has nothing to do with love. Because if there is like without love, all it is is lust. That's all it is. That's all it can be. Some kind of form of self-exaltation. So, so he had to go and confront Peter. And, and he said, I confronted him right to his face. I confronted him to his face. Remember the first time that anyone had ever confronted Peter to his face? Wasn't it his Lord? And the same principle was being worked out in him. He's an apostle. He's being used by God. Again, just think about, and so he had to confront him. He had to confront him. Why? Because he was going about again, establishing a party spirit, which is anti and destructive to local assembly. It is. It is. And we, boy, boy, we've been been taught that by, by the grace of God. But again, going back to, and that's humility. That is, I mean, because when you do something like that, you, you have to be completely humbled before God long before you ever do that. And so that's what, that's what the Apostle Paul was. He, he had been humbled to the point where he could confront someone in love. And that's what his, you look at his ministry. You look at Jesus. You look at Jesus. The whole time he walked the face of the earth, what was he doing? He was doing two things. And really they were one. They were really only one for Christ. And it did have to do with confrontation. He had to do it with the legalists, the Pharisees, and then he had to do it with his own. That's what he did with Peter. He confronted Peter. He, you imagine? He looked right at Peter, right in the face. Looked right at him and said, get behind me, Satan. Right? Was he addressing the character of who Peter was in himself in Christ? No. What was he addressing at that point? Where would the enemy show up in us? It's in the flesh. Can you, can you imagine having, wouldn't you, wouldn't you love, and I would too, and I'm just telling you, I would, wouldn't you love to have the Apostle Paul to be your teacher? You tell me, wouldn't you, you'd love that, wouldn't you? It'd be awesome receiving the word. And yet, the Holy Spirit said about him, I want you to write this, Paul. You're not qualified. You're not qualified. I know you studied under, at the feet of Gamaliel, and you'll see that all through in several places in the book of Acts and, and in church history. You sat at his feet. You knew the Torah. You know the Pentateuch. You know the Midrash, the Talmud. You know all of those things inside out. And yet, those weren't your qualifications. It wasn't until you met Christ. And so he met Christ, and then now God is using him. He said, I am not qualified to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church, but separated from that. Separated from the qualifications. And when you're separated from the qualifications of the flesh, in us that we're not of as born again or unsaved, when we're separated from that, huh? Separated from it. What are we separated from? All those things we did. He persecuted the church, but separated. I am what I am by the grace of God. And that labor, I labored more abundantly than they all. Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, not I. 
No. And that is Christianity in Galatians 2 and verse 20. Paul, again, he could say, after he was confronting Peter, and again, just being so humble. Do you know when God has you and puts you in a place where you confront people? I, I know before he's humbled you, and he just might have to do it after, and he usually does. And that's what Paul was saying, Galatians 2.20. I am. You know, I am crucified with Christ. He said, but nevertheless, I live. And this is Christianity in a nutshell. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. He lives in me. And I do not make void the grace of God, make it empty or receive it in an empty place. Because if I do, did Christ die for nothing? He gets older and he's, he's teaching and in, in, in uh, Ephesians 3 and verse 8, some of the, the height of Christian truth, listen to this, this is the height of Christian truth that is flowing through this man to us still today, to this very moment, says, I am less than the least of all the saints, not because of what I know or because of what I teach. Not because I don't fail. Not because I don't hurt people. Not because I don't hurt. But because of this principle of humility. I'm less. Without condemnation, I know that. He said. And I say. I am less than the least of all the saints. Less. Of course, these are the prison epistles. These are the prison epistles, and he's chained to a Roman guard. He knows Nero's axe is going to come down to him by the time we get into 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. And he says in 1 Timothy 1 and verse 15, he's that close to coming to be with his Savior. And he said, you know what? And it's love that was telling him this without condemning him. I'm the chief of sinners. Wouldn't you love to have him to teach you? You'll love that. Can you imagine if it was left up to us who we would choose? Can you imagine? Boy, I can't. Acts, Acts 20, and we'll close. He said, but none of these things move me. And the reason was, he said, because we quoted those scriptures, neither count I, oh, that old life, Philippians 3.8, it's dung. Don't want anything to do with that anymore. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. Count myself my own little treasure. So that I might finish my course with joy. And here we go, the ministry. Which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify as a witness. Boy, what a witness he was, wasn't he? Oh, in his own personal life, from the time he met Christ on the road to Damascus all the way up to when Nero's axe finally fell, off went the head, and he said, my body will be like a drink offering poured out to him. His own life poured back to him. He said, to testify as a witness the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching, 
the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God will see my face no more. Wherefore, I take to you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. Not that I haven't failed. Not that I haven't hurt. But I've presented Christ so that when I fail, when I do, he never does. And, and we know that and because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Paul could say that. And he wrote Hebrews. There's no one else that could have wrote that but him. We know by the way he signed each and every one of his epistles, how he signed it, that we know even when he wrote Hebrews, he signed it the same way. The only reason, he left himself out because he was dealing with his Hebrew brethren. But that's not the big reason. The big reason is in, is in Hebrews 3 and verse 1. He said, the high priest and the bishop of our souls. There's only one. He said, that's Christ. He said, I, he said this, that, so that you can take this day to record that I'm pure from the blood of all men, meaning I may not have had the opportunity <laughs> to get right with everyone, but I sure did in my heart with God, even if I didn't have that opportunity. And when I did have the opportunity, I always did it. He said this, why is he pure from the blood of all men? Because he didn't fail? He didn't struggle? Oh, yes, he did. You see that in 2 Corinthians 2 and verse 13, but Christ always triumphed in the 14th verse. He needed Titus. He won Titus. He taught Titus. But he never put himself above Titus. But they, they had this deep fellowship. And he was depressed. Did you know the Apostle Paul, this great man of God, who gave out Christ, was depressed? Yep. I don't know if you're breathing. At some point you were depressed, just like me. You were depressed. Fears within. Apostle? You mean one who went to the third heaven, who taught all this stuff? Fears within? Yes. Fightings without? <laughs> he had his own personal fears to deal with, and then fightings without. <laughs> uh, but he was comforted by Titus in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 6. He was comforted by him. You know why? Because they had Christ between them. And this is the reason why he said that I'm pure from the blood of all men. He said, because I have not kept back declaring unto you all the counsel of God. Verse 28, he said, take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Spirit has made you to be overseers, leaders and some point, to feed the church of God. That's the preaching of Christ. To feed the church of God. It's the highest form of love from one, per, from one believer in Christ to another that there is. It's just this. To feed, to feed, notice that, whose church? <laughs> So-and-so's church? Oh, gosh. Oh, please, Lord. So-and-so's church. <laughs> church is no more a building at all, any more than it is some other man's. Never, so-and-so. No, the church of God, based upon Matthew 16 and verse 18, which he purchased, notice what it says, with his own blood. And again, this is why we teach Christ's blood was completely different. It never had a sin nature involved in it. In Leviticus 17 and 11, the life of the flesh is in the blood. His blood was different. It was pure. 
spotless. Because if he had no sin nature, which he never had, then his blood had to be pure. (laughs) And that's why it was separated from the mother in the womb of that 14-year-old peasant girl, Christ in Luke 1, verse 35. We just went off to a little side place. Back again. For I know this, he said. I know this. This is what makes the word to be so important in John chapter 12, verses 35 and 36, because it's a little while we have this time for this teaching, and we need to receive it. And again, this is local assembly. Can't stress, can't even say it enough. I cannot say it enough. Just a little while. He said, for I know that after my departing, grievous wolves will enter in among you, not sparing the flock. All these thought projections, all this false teaching, bad teaching. Also, notice this, also of your own selves will men arise. Self-promotion, they're promoting themselves. Speaking what? Perverse things. To draw away what? Disciples after them. Therefore, watch. We'll go over this, this word again sometime, if not this week, next week, this word watch. Watch and remember. Can you remember if you don't watch? That by the space of three years, listen to this, I ceased not to warn everyone night and day. This is teaching, folks. Night and day. Three years in a local assembly. Night and day. Not condemning anyone. I'm just, I'm not doing that. But I am saying it wasn't once a week. It wasn't twice a week. Maybe even three times a week. No. He said, for the space of three years, do the math, three times 365, night and day, twice a day with tears. And now, brethren, I commend you to God. I commend you to God. Listen to what it says. And to to the word of what? His grace. Whose grace? His grace. Which is that supernatural ability that is able to build you up into an edifice for Christ to dwell in. In Colossians 3 and verse 16, to have that peace that nothing can disturb in Philippians 4 and verse 7. And then to give you experientially an inheritance among all those that are truly sanctified, set apart from self, apart from the flesh, and set into Christ, set apart. I have coveted no man's silver. Paul said, you know, I don't want something from you. You know, there were some that were suspicious. They were very suspicious of Paul. They were very suspicious of him. That's why he had to write the whole second book of Corinthians that whole epistle, they became suspicious that his teaching was because they wanted something from him, that he wanted something from them. And that's why he had to write in 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 14, he said, I'm coming again to you. The third time I'm coming again to try and convince you I do not want something from you. I want you for Christ. Notice that? Not for myself. I want you for Christ. But to do that, and this is what he had to continue to separate himself from, yet the more I love, the less I'm going to be loved. 
in 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 15. But that's what he separated himself from and into who? Christ. Do you remember when Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30, he said, come unto me, all you that you're going to labor. What's that mean? Well, there's going to be areas in your life where you have to grow because you're still going to carry certain things that you need to. Maybe the, you know they were your sins or the effects of those sins, and, and you think you have to carry them. That's labor. And then you become heavy laden. People put things on you. God never ties his love to our performance. It's called foundational security. Foundational. He doesn't demand. You can't teach a child through demanding. You can't. You teach them by your conduct. And again, this is what he said. I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. Yeah, you yourselves know that these hands ministered unto my own necessities and to them that were with me. I've showed you all things. I've showed you all things. How that so laboring you ought to support the weak. And to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is much more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had thus spoken, he kneeled down and prayed with them all. They all wept sore and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spoke, that they should see his face no more. And they accompanied him into the ship. Imagine, he poured his life. Wouldn't you love wouldn't you have loved to have him as your pastor teacher? Four foot nine to five foot two tops. Barely, barely over here. Completely bald on the top. One thick eyebrow. A literally banana nose. And spoke in 2 Corinthians 10 10 with a high pitched voice. Wouldn't you have loved, and that, and you could, you could, you know, you could have, you could have seen him after the flesh, you know, church's worst enemy, church's worst enemy, by far, you, and who does God choose, who did he choose, oh Lord, he chose that guy, he chose that guy, yep, because there weren't any qualifications in him. And the truth is, as we close this morning, the truth, there wasn't even anything in him that would allow him to go after Christ. There wasn't even anything in him. Not one single thing in him, in himself, that it would cause, matter of fact, who he considered to be his worst enemy? It was Christ. It was the name. They, long before they were called Christians, they were called of the way. That way. That one that perverts the way of God. Oh, God. Wouldn't you love to have him? Wouldn't you love to have him as a pastor? Because you would receive from him, wouldn't you? You would, wouldn't you? Because you wouldn't know him after the flesh, would you? He murdered, he sent men, women, literally, off into prison, many. He watched Stephen be stoned. Did you know that? The first Christian martyr in Acts, the seventh chapter, you can see it. 
He watched it, held their clothes. Come to the end of the chapter, read it. Then in the eighth chapter, he's still breathing out slaughter against the church and hatred, anger. You know, he battled that the whole time Christ was bringing in truth and loving him and it's coming out of him. You know, that was his battle right to the end. Legalism, hatred, violence. Right to the end. Right to the end. And I am sure, I am positive, he hated all of that without condemning himself. He hated all of that far more than anyone else could hate it. Far, far, far more. But yet, you know what? That's what I love about it. He did not count that life dear to himself. Because if he did in the slightest way, the enemy could still condemn him. Could still do that. And uh, all I know is this. I'm glad I, that God didn't need my permission to see who he'd hire to do his work. <laughs> Aren't you? So, Father, thank you for, for your love and your faithfulness this morning. And, and just for your love and that uh, Christ is your choice for all of us. For every single one of us. None of us have any qualifications in ourselves. For Christ to come in and so desire to find a home there. None of us do. And we may be in ourselves, thank you, we're not of it though. Less than the least of all the saints. That you gave all that mystery, that incredible truth to. And you always show up faithful. Always, all the time, God. And that he was the chiefest of sinners, meaning he, he literally just could not wait to never hear an accusing voice again to see his Savior and to be face-to-face with him. And uh, thank you, Lord, again for this awesome truth and your love. In Jesus' name, amen.